0: You know, I think it's time for people to just stop talking about how NXT 2.0 is such a bad show and how they haven't produced anything good since moving over to the 2.0 aspect of the show. I think it's time for us to just put all that to rest. Yeah, it probably was a bumpy road to begin with. Some people were really scared of change, and change turned a lot of people away from the product. But what we saw tonight at NXT New Year's Evil i believe should really cement nxt 2.0 as its own thing that this this is not the black and gold thing that you wanted it to be or maybe still have faith for it being because tonight on this show we got a taste of what the future of nxt and these superstars are gonna be like you had four phenomenal matches matches that you know Definitely exceeded my expectations in some aspects. You have fantastic superstars on the rise, guys like Carmelo Hayes, guys like Braun Breaker, guys like you know, guys like MSK. These guys, they're they're there to build a format on what NXT is going to be. This isn't the hardcore wrestling fan sort of pitched audience. This is more of a more of a casual, more of like a television program other than some underground fight thing. What NXT 2.0 did tonight pretty much killed off the rest of what the black and gold brand had left within 2.0. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the War podcast and we are going to be reviewing NXT's New Year's Evil 2022. This show from start to finish was an awesome show. Maybe there was like one segment I'll get to later on in the podcast that really didn't sit well with me. And It, it starred one of NXT's you know, upcoming superstars, uh, but this superstar just isn't doing it for me. But we'll get to that here in a second. First off, I want to talk about the opening match. The opening match, it was the North American Championship and Cruiserweight Championship unification match. Let me just say this, Roderick Strong and Carmelo Hayes had a great, great match. If you look back and watch this match, you are going to be thoroughly entertained, I can guarantee you that. There were some spots in this match that really made me go, okay, Carmelo Hayes is, he he can be at the top of this brand he can be at the top of you know wwe's main roster in the next couple of years this guy has more than just a look he has more than just a promo ability he has some damn good in-ring work too carmelo hayes you can tell the company wants to push this guy into the moon you know that they have a lot of plans for him i mean he won He won the NXT North American Championship and Cruiserweight Championship Unification match. He is now the champion of both titles. Roderick Strong had an impressive showing, of course, but I don't necessarily think that that match was sort of there to showcase Roderick's talent. You know, we all know that Roderick Strong is a veteran of the business. Now, I believe that these black and gold guys are really going to be taking a seat back and You know, sort of just observing what NXT 2.0 was going to be in the future because right now I don't see some of these guys being in 2.0 for so long. And I'm going to get to another person later on in the podcast and the main event. But this was a great opener. Fantastic match. Two guys that had really good chemistry that have never been in a matchup before. I I don't believe. I don't think they've ever met on the independent scene because Roderick Strong was in the wwe when carmelo hayes or christian casanova uh on the independent scene was really was really in his in his prime down there so this was their first ever matchup and for me to say you know this was genuinely an entertaining match and i really want to see them run it back one more time maybe at a maybe at a pay-per-view i i mean it now the question is now what's What's this unification thing gonna mean for one of the titles? Obviously they're gonna keep the North American Championship, but is this officially the end of the cruiserweight title? I know that there's really no point in a cruiserweight championship anymore. As we all know, 205 Live is practically dead. It turned into sort of NXT's second-tier developmental, introducing, you know, some new new stars guys that aren't necessarily on you know nxt every week so that's going to be sort of a show that they're going to have to rebrand now that the cruiserweight championship is sort of added the picture for now um unless you know wwe decides one day hey let's let, let's rebuild the uh, cruiserweight division i don't think that's going to happen anytime soon so i i really do feel like the cruiserweight championship is dead It's no longer there, so to everybody who was a huge fan of 205 Live in the Cruiserweight division from 2016 to now, let's pay some respects, because we saw some great matches, great champions, great feuds. I think that 205 Live from 2016 to 2018 gave us some of WWE's best television within those years. I was a huge fan of 205 Live back in 2017, 2018, especially when Enzo Amore got more involved with the product. I started to watch it a little bit more. But I was still keeping up with it, you know, especially after the Cruiserweight Classic. TJP won the title. They started the whole Cruiserweight division. They were on Monday Night Raw. Then they got their own TV show. I watched a couple episodes here and there. There was always a great match on, no matter what it was. And now, you know, you look back in present day they pretty much released every single guy that was part of that original 205 live roster they released a large portion of their cruiserweights um and you know now it's just roger strong was the champion really had no challengers he was he was sort of facing joe gacy in this some sort of you know all-inclusive title match where you know they don't have any challengers for the cruiserweight division in that 205 you know, pound limit. So they were really limited in what they could have done with the title. So I believe that it was a kind of a good idea to just take that and run with the unification match and just put it into the North American title, have a winner take all. And uh, I was rooting for, for Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes is an absolute star. I believe he is the future of NXT, not just NXT within WWE. You know, maybe not a world championship but I can definitely see him challenging for a world title and I can 100% see him holding mid-card championships maybe tag team championships down the line with trick Williams I mean if they really want to go full force with Carmelo Hayes I believe that that is a star already like you can call him up to the main roster right now and I feel like he'll fit in perfect you have this guy that can do multiple things I mean he can be in a tag team He already has his little henchman in Jerk Williams. He can be in the mid-card because he's in the mid-card right now. But he can also be in the main event. And we saw that he could be in the main event when he was in war games. When he was battling guys like Johnny Gargano. That is a main event caliber working guy. And I believe that maybe sometime in the future he would get an NXT championship shot. I don't know where he goes now. I don't know who challenges him next. Maybe we'll get a Dexter Loomis coming back and challenging him for the title. Maybe we'll get a Roderick Strong rematch. That is now up for debate at this point. But whatever they do with it, I'm intrigued. I'm excited to see what happens. And I I really hope that this isn't, you know, just just something that they did to to throw away, you know, what NXT had left of it. What, what NXT had left of the cruiserweight division just throwing it in there maybe here's here's an analogy maybe we get to see the cruiserweight championship come back in some sort of way under a you can defend the title but you know since it is unified and with the North American Championship could you, like, defend the Cruiserweight Championship or the North American Championship in separate occasions, or does that mean that, the, that one of the championships, most likely the Cruiserweight title, is just completely erased, and you're just strictly the North American champion? The North American title is a beautiful title. I don't want to see it go away. The Cruiserweight title gave us some really good memories and really good matches. I don't want to see that go away. But at the end of the day, I think that, eventually, one of those things are going to be a distant past. And that's just something that we're going to have to, uh, have to live with for a little bit. Next up on the show, we had the, uh, the AJ Styles and, and Grayson Waller confrontation. And I got to tell you, man, I, I, I really enjoy this whole rivalry I know people they don't like Grayson Waller I I really don't understand why either because you know with me Grayson Waller I see see Grayson Waller as you know a a huge star I see potential in Grayson Waller like I see the Miz right now I I can see Grayson Waller being the future Miz of the WWE he can talk his talk He's phenomenal on the mic, okay? He's really unique in the ring, and he has a strange look, but he can also change that look up. I think that Grayson Waller will be maybe the next challenger for the NXT Championship. Yeah, I think that, that after this feud with AJ Styles, Waller is, one, going to get called up to the main roster very fast, Or two, stay down in NXT and challenge for the NXT title. Have a couple matches with the NXT Championship. Maybe eventually winning the NXT title. Taking a step back, going down to the mid-card, and then getting called up to the main roster. Honestly, I can see him making a surprise appearance in the Royal Rumble this year. I I can genuinely see him making a surprise appearance. And I wouldn't be mad about it either. Because this AJ Styles feud doesn't seem like it's going to end Anytime soon, I mean they're they're having a matchup next week in the main event of a main event of NXT. They're having a matchup in the main event of NXT, and you know I'm excited to see what they do because you know Grayson Waller he's this, he's this upcoming superstar, and then you have AJ Styles. This okay, he's a veteran. He's literally one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. Who are you going to put over here? How are you really going to put over anybody? Because if you have AJ Styles win the match, you're not really doing anything for Grayson Waller other than giving him a bigger spotlight to, to really get more eyes on him. But if you have Grayson Waller win... The hell are you going to do with AJ Styles? Obviously, it's going to benefit Grayson Waller. He can say that he defeated AJ Styles while he was still a rookie down in NXT. That's something he's probably always going to brag about. But what are you going to do with with AJ Styles if he loses? Because he lost to Amos this Monday on, on Raw. So, I mean, right here, you're kind of stuck. You're really just, just kind of stuck and... You know, it's kind of like a lose-lose, win-lose sort of thing on whoever wins this rivalry. But I feel like at the end of the day, AJ Styles has to win it. You know, obviously it's going to hurt Grayson Waller just a little bit in momentum. But I just can't see somebody like AJ Styles personally get defeated by somebody like Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller is still, you know, technically he's like, he's still a kid. In WWE terms, he's still a kid. He's in developmental. Probably still being taught the ropes down at the performance center. But he's now put in this position. I mean, just last year, he was on 205 Live. This guy was a nobody. Couple weeks later, couple weeks ago, couple weeks later, he was now a big focus on NXT TV to the point to where. Oh shit, he's on Monday Night Raw, and oh shit, he's going to face AJ Styles. That took a really big turn. Can he handle the pressure? Does the company genuinely see something in Grayson Waller that some people may not see? I mean, I think that Waller's a phenomenal talent. I think that he's a very bright gem in the NXT roster. I believe that he will go on to have a successful WWE career because this is the kind of guy that WWE does really good with and building and making into a star. Some examples of people that sort of remind me of Grayson Waller, I mean you have John Morrison, The Miz, guys like Kevin Owens. I see something of a Kevin Owens just in the way that Grayson Waller talks. And great, I mean, Waller, he may not be the most gifted professional wrestler, all right? But you don't have to be the greatest wrestler of all time to draw in people to watch you or get the attention that you rightfully deserve. I mean, look at somebody like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm not comparing. I'm just saying Stone Cold, he wasn't the greatest wrestler ever. He wasn't the, the best technician. He didn't have the greatest matches of all time. But he's still held in high regard regard as one of the best ever, one of the best entertainers, one of the best performers. And that's simply because of his character and his mic work. You think people will remember him because of his in-ring work back in like 1997 to 1999, 2003? No, they're going to remember him because he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now I'm not saying Grayson Waller is gonna be a an, an, a a lower to average wrestler. I I think that he has the potential to be one of the best. That's just up to them to really push him forward and get him the the work that he needs to have in order to to push this to push this on him. Next up was the six man tag team match, MSK matt riddle versus imperium with walter i'm gonna tell you right here this was match of the night in my opinion without a doubt one of the best six-man tag team matches that i've seen in very long time in a very long time i would love to see matt riddle versus walter in a singles match these guys you put them in a ring and you have something of, 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 a, of a just a stiff, very hard hitting match that I think a lot of hardcore fans and also casual fans can really enjoy. You know what else I want to see? I want to see MSK get those tag team titles back. I believe that MSK is the best tag team down in NXT and I believe that sooner enough they're gonna be caught up to the main roster I mean I believe it's inevitable these guys are very charismatic they have quite a fun and interesting gimmick that not many people have within the company they're phenomenal wrestlers absolutely beautiful wrestlers these guys are high-flying freaks <laughs> and you know I know a lot of people aren't huge fans of you know these high flyers and you know them doing these crazy acrobatic stuff but once you get to a point to where you see it you know almost regularly on tv it becomes a sort of a staple in professional wrestling and i believe that msk wesley nash carter they perfected that and i i can't wait for them to take over the tag team division in wwe because these guys they had a great run as nxt tag team champions I want to see them get the titles back. Imperium, yeah, they're a great team. I'm not going to knock them off. I'm not going to say that they suck because they are some very hard-hitting and stiff workers. I will give them all the credit that, that they deserve. I think Fabian Eichner is, God, a, a, a genetic freak. Okay, I, I think he's he can genuinely be a single star. If the company wants to push him as, as a single star. Simple as that. I believe that Fabian Eichner, Walter, Marcel Bertel, they are a phenomenal trio. Great tag team. Imperium was one of the best things in NXT UK and NXT for a very long time. The match itself, I mean, the match itself was, was a great match. Like I said, one of the best six-man tag team matches that I've seen in quite a long time. MSK and Matt Riddle got the win. I was pretty excited for that because, you know, some people were saying, nah, Imperium they cannot lose. They can't lose." I mean, they they're going up against somebody like 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 M- MSK. How are you going to lose to somebody like MSK? But here's the catch. You have Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle is pretty much a wrestling vet. He's been around the indies for for a pretty long time. He's in the WWE, he was in NXT for a couple of years on the main roster. Now he's teaming with Randy Orton, and he's a former United States champion and a former and current Raw Tag Team champion, being mentored by one of the greatest of all time in Randy Orton. Having Matt Riddle on your team is a massive advantage. And something interesting that I want to talk about is Apparently, before Jeff Hardy was released from the WWE, he was supposed to be the guy in Matt Riddle's position right now as the Shaman. I'm just going to say right now, if Jeff Hardy was in that position, I would be on NXT a lot more than I already am. Because people who don't know me, I think that Jeff Hardy's the greatest of all time. He's my GOAT. I think he's the absolute best at, at what he does and to see him in NXT with with MSK specifically, it just would have been so cool in my opinion. You know, because you have, one, a, a great tag team. And, and, and a tag team that you can sort of see some resemblance in what they do with the late 90s Hardy Boys. You know, when they're crazy defying stunts and, and over-the-top moves. You can see where they get their inspiration from. Having somebody like Jeff Hardy in that position would have been great. But also online, you know, you have the haters saying, oh, I'm glad Jeff Hardy did get released, which is, for one, a stupid thing to say. And now, you know, they're, they're saying, well, yeah, good thing Jeff Hardy's not with the company anymore. That would have been so stupid sending him to developmental. It means that they don't care about him. Do they not care about Matt Riddle? Matt Riddle is there." Raw tag team champion. A former United States champion. And is currently teaming with RK Bro. With Randy Orton. One of the best tag teams. In the WWE. Possibly even the world. Do you think that they don't care about Matt Riddle? Ask these questions to yourself before you say stupid comments is all I'm trying to say. Next up we had the uh. The women's championship match. I think that this was the weakest on the card. Not for the fact that it was women's wrestling. But for the fact that there was there, there was quite a few botches. And it was actually kind of short. A lot shorter than I thought it would be honestly. You had uh, Mandy Rose. Raquel Gonzalez. And Cora Jade. Who was my pick. I wanted Cora Jade to win this match. I mean if they're going full... NXT 2.0 tonight which they already did with Carmelo Hayes earlier have Cora Jade get this victory have her become the champion set this new era for the women's division because eventually somewhere down the line it's gonna happen the match was average probably the weakest match on the card Uh, but you know it did its purpose it got Cora Jade over It it made Raquel look look like a beast, made her look like one of the most dominant wrestlers on that women's roster, which she is, and she proved that for nearly a year in NXT, reigning as the NXT Women's Champion before losing it to the current champion, Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose's champion is really, really controversial to me. I don't think she should be champion simply for the fact that her in ring ability is just not good. Okay, she is not a good wrestler. And I know, I know I've said it so many times before that you don't have to be a great wrestler to hold a title. But dude, Mandy Rose botched her own finish in this match. She botched her own finish. She botched her own pin. It's not something that you want to having a champion in my opinion the only reason that she's champion is because she's in toxic attraction because toxic attraction has the nxt women's tag team championships they just needed to fulfill that that one sort of person that's in that group that one singles wrestler they gotta they gotta give them a title if they want to make this group seem pretty pretty legitimate and a, and a massive threat onto the women's division. So you give Mandy Rose a title. Plus, she's also smoking hot. <laughs> you really want me to ignore that? You really want me to ignore that Vince McMahon has some sort of a fetish with, with women that look like Mandy Rose? So, yeah, I mean, I, I believe that's the only reason that Mandy Rose is champion. I didn't see a reason for Raquel even losing the title at Halloween Havoc back in October, but... She lost the title. Mandy Rose has been the champion ever since. And yeah, there's some bright spots. I think Mandy Rose is actually pretty good on the mic. I think she's good at telling a story. But being a champion right now, especially in NXT, you know, just kind of doesn't, doesn't really sit right for me because she's been with the company for a really long time. I think she's been with the company since about since about 2015. She's been with the company since around 2015, and she's just now getting her hands on a developmental championship, that should tell you how much she's improved. That's all I'm saying. But, I won't knock her completely. She has improved quite a bit. Quite a bit. Uh, She's improved enough for her wrestling abilities to, you know, (laughs) get better. I mean, other than botching the the, the 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 finish of the match. I think the match was fairly decent. I think it was all right. Nothing for much for me to you know complain about other than it was kind of short. Cora Jade didn't really get a lot of offense, and and Raquel pretty much dominated the match. That's pretty much how it went. Mandy Rose retained her title after botching a roll up pin. So I, I guess we're gonna see a uh, Cora Jade versus Mandy Rose storyline now. Maybe we're gonna see. Another triple threat match. Somewhere down the line. Or maybe it's going to be. Cora and Raquel. Battling it out for a number one contenders match. And then. At whatever pay-per-view NXT wants to do next. They battle it out there. One of them take the title away from Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose kind of goes rogue for a little bit. Which I think she has to do. Because. You know. It's just me personally. I'm not a fan of Mandy Rose. Never been. I always thought that Sonya Deville was the far better tag team partner but apparently WWE somewhat sees that but not really anyways after this match was really where the show kinda kinda killed itself in some aspect <laughs> Andre Chase he came out pretty much point pointless segment really a pointless segment that did not need to be on the show you could have gave Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa that, those five minutes Really, you could have gave them those five minutes. But anyways, Andre Chase, he comes down to the ring, wants to give a scholarship to the guy that saved his life last week on NXT. So he was going on, you know, applauding, trying to give this guy the scholarship. Then you hear Von Wagner's music. Von Wagner comes down to the ring. Shit, here we go. Von Wagner, I don't like you. I don't like you. Okay, I, I don't like Von Wagner. I think he's one of the worst things in NXT right now. The guy cannot cut a promo to save his life. The guy in the ring is greener than grass. Andre Chase, the guy who's supposed to be a le- legitimate jobber, I think has more potential than Von Wagner. But apparently the company thinks that Von Wagner can be this, this, this credible threat, which I don't see at all especially when he talks on the mic he has this voice where it kind of sounds a little childish kind of sounds like he starts to dumb down his his vocabulary and then the way he i, I don't want to bash somebody's looks but he he just does not look the part yeah he may look like a freak he may be tall he may be jacked but you know the guy he's he's not that great of a wrestler Like I said, he's he's greener than grass. His promo abilities is the worst of, you know, the core NXT 5 guys, I think you would say. Or, you know, sort of like the core NXT guys that you think of when you think of 2.0. Which would be Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Tony D'Angelo, Grayson Waller, and Von Wagner. I believe that Von Wagner is just the worst absolute worst i don't want to see him on my on my tv but apparently they had plans for him in the diamond mind because after they come back from commercial and i'm still trying to understand this too he he was getting escorted out to the ring after beating the living shit out of andre chase and beating the shit out of some fans and in, in the audience which I don't know if it was a shoot. Probably not a shoot. I don't think Von Wagner is that stupid to shoot fight a fan. But he beats up a lot of people. Gets taken backstage. the, the Walks past a diamond Mind and starts staring down Ivy Nile. Which is one of the most random things that I've, I've, I've ever seen on NXT. So he goes down starts starts staring down Ivy Nile saying you won't do nothing. If some Something like that. I'm just I'm just not a fan. Not a fan whatsoever of Von Wagner. I don't want to see him on my TV. I, I, I just... I know a lot of people will agree with me too. Just stop pushing him. Stop pushing Von. Eventually he's just going to turn into a... Turn into a great Khali 2.0 that can maybe... Maybe cut a better promo. It's really it really all he is to me here's where stuff got very 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 good which was the main event Braunbreaker breaker versus the NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT championship and I'm gonna say right off the bat this match was so good so good braun breaker is an absolute star if you say he's not a star you're lying to yourself braun breaker is without a doubt a future wwe champion and i will say that with pride until he wins that title i believe that braun breaker has the ability to be on a wrestlemania card possibly even a royal rumble winner Maybe even go on to main event Wrestlemania. Be the, the the world champion of Raw or Smackdown. I believe that he has the potential to be one of the greatest guys to ever come out of NXT. And that is a lot of talk, I know. How am I going to back that up? Well, let me t- just tell you. He defeated Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship. He beat Ciampa in a very good, very entertaining, very hard-hitting... NXT title match, pretty much cementing that NXT 2.0 is officially in the window. Black and gold, say goodbye, say your farewells because tonight was 100% the end of an era, and Braun Breaker is going to be that guy to usher in that new era, and I would not want anybody else to usher in the new era of NXT other than Braun Breaker. The match was phenomenal, man. Every single match on this card was very good. And I believe that this New Year's Evil might have just been a little bit better than last year's. I don't know if that's a hot take or anything, but I believe that this year's New Year's Evil was was a lot better than last year's New Year's Evil. And the show overall was just a really entertaining, fun, fast-paced, just... Great show. I mean, these were some pay-per-view quality matches on free TV. I hope that this show shuts up some people on the internet saying that NXT 2.0 sucks because you know it doesn't. I know it doesn't. Everybody should know that it does not suck. NXT 2.0 is developmental. Okay, if you don't see something you don't like... That's okay. Because the people are working on it. They're working on getting better. Do I think this should be on free TV, national TV, on the USA Network? Maybe not. But it does give these newer stars a bigger spotlight. Which is a really good idea. So without further ado. NXT 2.0 has officially found itself. It's found what it wanted to be and with braun breaker and carmelo hayes ushering the charge of this new 2.0 era what's next for the rest of the black and gold what's next for tommaso champa what's next for somebody like Roderick strong future may be uncertain whatever i think is just what i think i think that tommaso champa will make a surprise appearance at the royal rumble I think that he may move over to the main roster because I don't see him in NXT anymore. If he stays in NXT any longer than he is, it's it's not it's not going to feel special. It's just going to feel like an old man stuck with a bunch of new kids. It's going to be like that guy that's that's failed a grade so much that all of his friends are now seniors and you know, he's still a sophomore. Something like that, I mean, you know, it, it's... I know Tommaso Ciampa is, is really scared of the main roster and what the main roster can do to guys from NXT. I mean, he's seen that. He's he's watched that. Guys like Aleister Black, guys like Andrade, Tyler Breeze. He's seen that that the main roster may not be the best route, but you can't stay in NXT forever. And i know johnny gargano stayed in nxt forever but that's because his contract was up i don't know when tamasua champa's contract ends i don't want him to leave the company but if he decides to leave the company it'll be completely understandable i just really want to see him on the main roster just for a couple appearances at least at least give me a couple of appearances i mean just want to see him on Raw. want to see him on SmackDown. He's just such a good talent to stay on NXT for as long as he he has. As for Roderick Strong, what's next for the Diamond Mine? Is he going to start a rivalry with Von Wagner like it was sort of hinted at earlier in the show? I hope not because I don't want to see Von Wagner on my TV. But I think that's somewhat of the direction that they're going to go with with the Diamond Mine And Roderick Strong Now looking forward into next week We have some really interesting matchups For next week's NXT Santos Escobar Versus Zion Quinn The winner of that match Elector Lopez Will leave the building with It says, This has Early 2000's Late 2000's written all over it it says this has Vince McMahon or Bruce Pritchard written all over it. Maybe a little bit of Vince Russo shaking in there. This gives me crazy ruthless aggression vibes. And I'm really feeling it. I'm really, really feeling it because, you know, we don't, we, we don't see something like this in wrestling that often. I feel like romance storylines can really go a long way if done right. Look at the whole index thing. That thing was really entertaining. Really good. Probably one of the best parts of 2021 in NXT. So WWE can still make these romance storylines. And I believe that this Elektra Lopez and Zion Quinn storyline will probably pay off eventually. And I think that Zion Quinn is going to get that win on next Tuesday. Also, next Tuesday, it's a crowbar on a pole match. <laughs> Crowbar on a pull match, with Pete Dunne versus Tony D'Angelo. The first person to grab the, co- the, the, the crowbar can use it. Um, once again, this has early two thousands vibes to it. I'm a huge fan of the Ruthless Aggression era and the Attitude era, so I'm not mad at these sort of things happening and on NXT 2.0. I feel like now NXT 2.0 is going to be that 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 experiment show. Or yes, they're still developmental, but maybe they're going to test the waters a little bit on some things that they want to do over on the main roster. Will it work? I mean, 2.0 is, is very character-based, and I really enjoy that from from NXT 2.0, is that, that, that they're really character-based. They have a lot of stories going on. Some of the stories there, even the ones that that don't seem to be important, feel important, and... And I like that aspect of NXT 2.0. Also, one more thing before I get off here. The Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic is back. I'm excited for it. The men's tournament kicks off in two weeks. The women's tournament starts in February. I've always loved the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic such a great tournament of tag team action that nxt has done every single year since 2016 i believe or 2015 that has honored the legacy of dusty Rhodes, and it has really turned into a annual success something that us fans have always enjoyed watching and i don't think that this year will be any less compelling as previous years who do I think should win it? I don't, I, I don't really know. There's a lot of good tag team options out there, but I would like to see Legato El Fantasma win that, win that tournament. If not, give me the Grizzle Young Veterans. Those are my two picks for the men's. Over onto the women's, I believe that Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro should win that. But without any further ado, I thank you guys for listening to another episode of the WrestleWorld Podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed another very clusterfuck of an episode, and uh, maybe you'll stay tuned for for next week. I'm, I'm going to be reviewing Friday Night Smackdown, so stay tuned for that. And you know I'm having a blast doing these doing these podcasts again. It really makes me feel somewhat of importance back into my life that I've been really trying to find lately, and. You know, doing these podcasts for the last couple of days have really given me a, a brand new urge and love into wrestling because I'm kind of working on something that I love so much. And I thank you guys for that. And I thank you guys for all the support for all the listeners that are out there. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys the next episode. Take it easy, everybody.